back to getting past the premium everybody today we have a what a shop talk episode where Ryan and I are going to discuss building a business versus building a book of business which I think is um, a great topic for our industry um, as most have built you know their book of business and focus on building their book of business versus the broader uh, importance of building a book or a business so enjoy the episode welcome to the Getting Past the Premium Podcast, where we focus on breaking down risk management problems bit by bit until we find a solution. If you would like to discuss anything you hear on GPP with us, please reach out using the links in the description. Enjoy today's episode. What's up, man? How you doing? Happy Monday. Yeah, you too. We got some nice Kirkland brand coffee. Yeah. This is a Starbucks. Oh, you got the fancy blonde stuff. roast. Yeah, yeah. You got the fancy stuff. I don't get that. When when do I elevate to that level? After you uh, build the business and study your book of business. Oh right? wow, nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, that uh, is what we're going to talk about today, though, right? Yeah, I'm excited. I think yeah. it's a. This is an interesting topic, um, especially for our industry. I mean, our industry is built on books of business, right? Uh, from the producer level Um, and ultimately that's what drives the revenue of agencies and and companies Um, and so I think it's a super intriguing conversation to have as to what you know what is the difference between building a book of business and building a business and how do I do that and what what things should I be thinking about and we were talking a little bit beforehand. There's different investments that you know you need to make, whether that's in yourself and technology and people, um, all of those things. But I kind of want to point out we, we were going back and forth. I think on LinkedIn, wasn't it that Ryan Hanley had posted that uh, video? Who's he's coming on the podcast in a, in a few weeks? But um, he posted that video about why hasn't our industry innovated mm-hmm. and whatnot. And essentially, the whole his whole thought process, and we could maybe link to to the video um, in the show notes. But basically, he was saying it's because folks in our industry they get to a number, right? They get to their number, mm-hmm. and they do that through their book of business, right? They sell a certain amount of business that then they're you know they're making X amount of dollars per year, and they're happy, they're good, their lifestyle is is they're accommodating for their lifestyle, and they don't need to think. bigger better they don't need to innovate right they've got their clients as long as they keep their clients and maybe grow at a small amount every year Mm -hmm. they're gonna be fine Mm -hmm. right and i thought it was spot on um and so that that then equates to why should we build a business versus building a book of business or what's the difference right so maybe dive into that a little start there what's the difference when we say build a business versus build a book of business well, I mean, I think just that, right? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I can't, I guess there's a lot of things rolling around in my head, but you, I can't help but to think a ton of this consolidation that's going on in the industry right now is a result of people building books of businesses. Oh, I think a lot of it is for sure. You know, um, and I think about it in that way because the, the, the large companies, the large businesses that have built the business, they have the infrastructure to take these books of business and just insert them into their business 
and make them efficient mm -hmm. and pair them with everything else it takes to run a business and become profitable and make that transaction worth it. And so, I, you know, before we start diving down to the details, I feel like it's just a, it's a huge, it's an industry problem that probably starts being facilitated at the insurance carrier level because of how we're paid and the traditional, you know, like you, you're an agent for the carrier. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was building those, those books instead of running it like a, like a true business. So I don't know. Uh, I guess it's kind of where I feel like it's a lot bigger problem than just, uh, you know, a mindset switch. Oh, totally. I mean, I think you're spot on. It's a great point in, uh, the consolidation in the industry. I think that's a totally why many firms have have sold just because if we're building books of business we're probably not thinking about how to perpetuate the company internally or, or long term right and then at some point the numbers to buy out the main shareholder or whatever they just become too big if we haven't done the right planning and it takes a lot of time to then get the infrastructure in place yeah to perpetuate the company so the next natural uh, option is to sell to somebody that can't that has the infrastructure right exactly i mean I, I don't know of one agency who pays their producers on percentage of profit maybe some out there let us know if you're one of them maybe but you know it's all centered around bringing as much business as you can and then let the company, let the business figure out how to service that on the back end. And without all of the things that it takes to run a business, it's really hard to control then your back end when you just have a ton of stuff coming in the front end. So we can get, you know, to, to answer your question, I mean, it, it starts with uh, a leadership groups that has this type of m mindset, you know, that thinks about it uh, on increasing value and how building it as a business can increase value instead of just looking at it from a perspective of, you know, revenue or size of books. But man, there's a lot that goes into that, right? I think about marketing and how you set yourselves apart. I think about, you know, your value proposition as a company. I think about, um, you know, operations and how that's set up. I think about technology and how you're utilizing that across the firm. I think about like sales process and everyone out singing the same tune to prospects and current clients, client experience and how, you know, what's what's doing business with XYZ insurance company, you know, how is that experience different than the one down the street where you're just going to get sold a product and delivered a paper policy every year, mm -hmm. you know, on and on and on. But that mindset throughout the entire organization marching towards a planted flag somewhere in the future is completely different than 
you know, Elliot Bassett going out and bringing in as many counts as he can to write his own or to, to build his own book. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing, though, I want to make sure that everybody listening thinks about is you don't necessarily have to be in an ownership or leadership position to have that thinking. No, it's a great point. You know, I think that's oftentimes a scapegoat in a lot of cases where it's like, well, you know, leadership or ownership doesn't want to go that route or won't give me the resources or hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, you should view if you're, if you're a producer or salesperson or risk advisor, whatever the term is, um, you should view your book as a business. Yes. You know, and you can't lose by doing that. Totally. Totally. You know, I, I mean, I, th- I think about it all the time. Imagine somebody truly starting their own business, right? They're going to go out and try to find clients and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they're going to maintain that business on their own, most likely, until at some point they say, do I, how do I grow this thing? Like, I'm at capacity, mm-hmm. right? So then they got to figure out, okay, I need either this technology, to, I need to go purchase this technology, I need to go hire this person, I need to go do X, Y, Z to grow this business. And like... You could break that down to a book of business in our industry. You just typically are doing it within the four walls of some firm, right? Exactly. But most people, not all, a lot of people don't necessarily think of it that way. They, again, think of it like, I'm just going to go out and sell insurance and whatnot to my book of business and try to keep it around and so on and so forth. Uh, But I think there's just a huge opportunity to really think about it from that book of business perspective or that building a business perspective. And even if it's just you, we actually had a, uh, I won't mention his name, but a, a gentleman from Texas reach out to us right about launch. He's yeah. just, a, he's a producer uh, within a firm that said, I really love the concept of that software. I feel like I need it. You know, I'm willing to invest in it um, because I think it can take me to the next level. Yep. I mean, that's a great example of somebody that says, like, in order to elevate my game and build a bigger business for me, for my book, I need something like this technology, right? Yeah, yeah and understand that, you know, there's a right way to do it. And it's not centered around one product at a time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, I think that's a great conversation is what are – I mean – What are some of the things that you can do today being, you know, working for another agency to start building your business instead of your book within the four walls of another business? Well, I mean, that's a great question. There's, I, I think from day one, it's important to treat it as a business, build a business plan understand how you want to acquire clients, what type of client you want to acquire. Um, At what point do you need to start thinking about your capacity? And, you know, again, whether that's increasing your capacity through technology or through the addition of people or whatever it is, but build a business plan around that. I think that's step one. I mean, I would I would be curious how many people listening that are not in an ownership or leadership role have ever actually built a business plan. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that should be step one. Um, 
and then it, it just comes back to what type of business do you want to build, I guess. Like I said, what types of clients do you want to work with? And that could be dictated by the firm you're at. Maybe there's some unique uh, capabilities, solutions. Maybe it's the area you're in, the market, whatever it is. Take all that into account and, and understand, like, how can I go out and be successful? You know, what's my biggest opportunity type of client to work with? Mm-hmm. Um and then design it out, you know. Uh, I think that that prep work is not done very often. But that's then going to dictate where and how you go and take your next steps, I yeah. guess, beyond just bringing on new clients and servicing them. Yeah. Yeah, I know the plan's a great start. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting thinking about it from the perspective of being a in a producing role inside an existing company that has their own model. Yep. But, you know, some people might be like, well, you know, my company would never allow me to, you know, bring on my own service person to be my assistant or, you know, just work with me or whatever the case is. And that may be true. And you may be in the wrong spot. But you also might be able to lay out a business plan that says, you know what, if I go out and identify my target market and I get really good at bringing in these types of businesses and I grow like this and, you know, I'm getting my personal brand on message and getting it out in the community, I think that's something also a massive opportunity for individuals within a company is work on that personal branding. Who are you? You know, where'd you come from? What are you doing? What's your mission? Get your personal website and things up there because if you're at least if you're in the value space, people are buying relationships. You know, and uh so being able to get that message out there I think could be could be big. But you know, there's all of those things. Um that ultimately circle around to, you know, uh, I'm going to drive X amount of profit. And if I present that to an agency owner, like, hey, listen, if here's my plan and I can grow like this in three years, can I go out and hire my own person to sit next to me that's going to allow me to get to here? I would imagine that that guy is going to be like, well, sure. Yeah, no problem. I mean, if you want to grow like that and you're going to support your own person and come in and do this, or maybe there's a little back and forth there. But yeah. the, the point is, is that if you start really treating it like a business and un, not only understand the front end, but understand deeply the back end from an operations perspective on what it takes to make the front end turn in there's going to be efficiencies that you can create and there's going to be areas where you can bring value to the table that's ultimately going to make your book more valuable and that company more valuable. 100%. And there's two things that I would add to that. You know, I think a lot of people in that salesperson role think that, you know, the way that that gets presented is, like, it'd be great if I had a service person that was attached to my book or whatever, you know? Versus thinking about it, like you mentioned, lay, laying out the plan as to exactly what what value that's going to drive for the business and how that can take it to the next level. 
I got to think any business owner that you take that to or leader in the company that you showed, hey, here's my plan and how I'm going to get here, but I need these resources, but here's what it's going to lead to, so on and so forth. And that is leading to whatever the goals of that company are, higher profit, growth, whatever. Why would they say no? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, there could be some risk there. But at the end of the day, it's it's thinking about it from that perspective. Put Do the work for the person. Don't expect the CEO, CFO, or whoever to connect the dots for you. Yeah. Lay out the plan. And then the second thing is know your audience, right? This is also a super intriguing thing that we talk about a lot in our safety network from a leadership perspective is know who you're talking to. If you're talking to a CFO, what's most important to a CFO? They're going to be interested in the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, what do the numbers say? How's this profitable? What's my ROI? What's our investment? Um, if you're talking to the ops person, you know, COO or, or director of operations, you better think about it from an operational perspective. How is this going to work? How am I going to re- interact with this person? What processes are they going to follow? So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking to the CEO, you better dang well know what the strategy of the company is. Mm-hmm. What, is what is that person, where do they want to see the company in five years? How does this help them get there, right? So I think that's a really important piece, but but don't leave it up to that person to connect how, you know, this example um, bringing on a sport person to help you in your book specifically, you know, don't leave it up to them to connect those dots. Lay it all out for them, yeah. um, and how it's going to help the company achieve your goals. But that again, that goes back to thinking about it from a business perspective, not a book of business within, um, you know, a business or whatever. Yeah, and I don't think that oftentimes gets done. No. I agree. I mean, I guess I don't. I don't have any concrete examples, but I know you know from our experience and a lot of other agencies that we talk to, they're built, you know, very much in silos and very much on books of businesses and whatnot. And you know, I, it's not anybody's fault. Again, I think it's a symptom of the industry and just how we've gotten here. But I also see the people that are being really successful and. They're getting everyone inside their company under one mission towards a particular goal and everything else is kind of, they're rallying then all of their frontline sales organization to say, Hey, let's, you know, let's go do this. And if you go do this, the more you go do this, the more efficient we get on the back end and this whole thing starts to spin up. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's super, it's super intriguing, you know, and, and again, there's probably some difficulty in ultimately forcing some change at that level, but maybe you're not at the right firm. But I can tell you this, it's way easier to move if you have done the, your business planning and ran it like a business to know that you've done it and you can do it than it is to be operating in a book structure and then say, Oh, I want to go somewhere else to actually run my business, but not know what goes into that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just intriguing to me when you totally agree. It's, it's how any business gets started or is operated. Like you have to figure out how you're going to get paid. Every industry doesn't matter what product you're selling that there's going to be a certain way that you get paid, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you got to figure that out and figure out how to optimize it. 
in our industry is no different. In most cases, that's commission on, on a product. You know, you could be charging fees or whatever, but understand how that's set up at your firm and optimize it. Mm-hmm. Figure out how you can optimize it, you know, and um, that's going to, though, come with thinking longer term. Or if you're going to, I say, should say, if you're going to optimize it to its fullest potential, that's going to thinking take thinking long term and thinking differently about it. Because you individually uh, are only going to be able to have a certain amount of capacity. Right. Um, is that a million dollar book? Well, the other part is a million dollar book with 50 clients is a heck of a lot different than a million dollar book with 300 clients. Yeah. Under the right model, a million dollar book with 300 clients absolutely works. You know, mm-hmm. under the wrong model, it's going to be death to the, the salesperson, right? So again, it goes back to understand the model, um, build out what you can build out within the model, mm-hmm. and then optimize it. Um, and when you, but again, it just takes that thinking. It takes us getting back from working in the business and taking that step back to work on the business for a while. Well, it's another great point, though. I mean, what was coming up in my mind in another episode in the future coming down the pipe is, you know, client experience yeah. on from this perspective, that which be is a series dramatically, <laughs> dramatically underserved. You, you ask. You ask what a client of an ins- of of, a, of an insurance agent's client experience is, and they're going to be like, "Huh?" So, well, they come to my office, and they usually bring me something to eat, and then we talk about rates for a little while, and that's about yeah. it. <laughs> I hope I never have to see him again. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he comes yeah. talks to me, it's a seven percent increase. So, uh, but it, what comes to mind is, you know, client experience around some of that stuff. Because here's the thing, like. If you're going to run out your business plan, you're directly in control with how much time you spend with what client and what you give to that client to create value. I don't know anywhere that you're not in control of who you call and what that is going to translate into in terms of time, effort, and energy once they become a client. And how that impacts you going out and building your book or your business, you know? And so a quick exercise is like, okay, if I get this client, what, what's the personal time that I'm going to have involved in making sure that I'm providing what I feel like needs to be provided to keep this client for a long term? Like what needs to be provided and how much time do I have in that? How much time does the operation team have in that? Am I asking them to do something more than what they typically do? Or can my client, because I'm providing a better experience personally, be more efficient on the service side? And that helps my case when I go ask for a service person or whatever. Mm -hmm. But walking through, you know, what does this relationship look like and how much time am I going to be spending will quickly help you identify how many clients that you can bring on and whether that model needs tweaked or not. Because you're right, you know, I mean, if you're at a million dollar book and you're running it like a lifestyle business and you're pulling out income and you don't care at all what happens on the back end, you're never going to be able to transition that into your own firm or into your own team or anything else. You're going to be 100% reliant upon the existing model, which most likely is not, you know, um, in your best interest for creating value. If you're at a million dollars 
and you've got it where you know you've got a hundred clients 115 120 clients somewhere in there uh that's dramatically different from what you're going to be able to do with your time effort and energy and most likely you're going to be way more profitable and the sacrifice then to go take that next leap whether that's go hire another sales uh, rep under you or to bring in another service staff under you is going to be way easier to do because you're going to be way good ma- you're going to be making way more money mm-hmm. but there's a balance in all of that oh totally and and it depends on what goals you want see so because you mentioned lifestyle business in there i think maybe it'd be important to talk about what is the difference between a lifestyle business and a value business or a growth business yeah well Lifestyle business is just that you're living for today. You know, you're sucking out as much income as you can and uh, you're living your life now. Typically, which, you know, in the right circumstances is, is, is fine. I know plenty of people that are running lifestyle businesses and they know it. Um, I think what is rarely calculated is what does that mean long term? For them in life financially because the other way to do it is to create a value-based business where you're pulling out what you need today but the rest is being reinvested strategically to harvest value at some point later on down the road uh, and there's a dramatic difference in, in the two um, but yeah does that help well, yeah, I think most, again, without knowing the numbers, should we go with the 80-20 rule here? I don't yeah, know. I think so. I think a lot of assumptions. Scientific, yeah. Uh, I would say most producers within a, a firm, you know, without even knowing it, are building lifestyle businesses, right? I think if you're an agent who's working within the four walls of some other company and you're not part of the ownership group, you're 100% you're running a lifestyle business. Yeah. And again, I it, that's not necessarily maybe the intention of a lot of folks. I think it just is that you don't know. You haven't thought about it, right? It's just I got to hit my goal for the year. Well, yeah, your, your thought process is, you know, I need to stash as much money away in savings as I can. I need to stash as much money into my retirement plan as I can because your value creation for the rest of your life is on your two, it's on your shoulders. Yep. Which is different than thinking about it as I'm going to sacrifice that income to reinvest and to increase the value of my book or my business. Yeah. Which I think is that's what's interesting to me is it goes back to like what Hanley was saying is eventually people get to their number, and I think that's happens so often in our businesses. People get to their number, they get to a million dollar book, they're making you know two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, or whatever, and that that's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, I don't need to build up anything else, you know. But I think it's also a risky proposition at the end of the day, um, you know, because once. I think it's hard to continue to maintain a certain level without that growth and just development and thinking about how do I continue to bring more value to my clients and so on and so forth. And, and I mean, I think people have been able to live a long, happy life in our industry doing that, but I think it's changing as well. 
you know, we're getting a lot more outside pressure on the industry. Yeah. People are starting to think differently about this. Um, so I think there's an external threat to it too, let alone the upside to thinking about it from a, either a value-based business or just think about it from a growth perspective. But you can't do a lot of the things you should to, you know, win in the future environment if you're if you're only thinking about it from a lifestyle perspective because you're just you're not going to have the reinvestment that you need to do that, right? To survive, yeah. No, I mean we touched on the threat in the beginning of the show. I mean, I I literally think that a lot of the consolidation is coming down to the amount of time, effort, energy, and investment that it takes to move from a book of business model. If you're an agency owner and you've been running it for 35 years and you've got 50 producers underneath you that all have their own books, you look at that project to start running that company like a business and you're 63 and you want to pull off the you know, off the throttle, you're not looking at that like, well, I'm going to double down, reinvest and make all the necessary changes that it's going to take to start running that thing like a comp, like a, like a business. Mm -hmm. You're going to pop it. Yeah. (laughs) That's what's going on. Because to survive, I think they see this to survive in the environment where, value is going to ultimately win and this industry continues to change that uh it's way easier just to pull that ripcord and let you know uh another business start to fit that mold and um you know it doesn't happen overnight but it happens quickly you know i know several of the firms here in omaha are getting the screws put to them pretty hard for you know paying for that that multiple that was just purchased. Well, so and the multiples are high right now, <laughs> you know, and they probably will stay that way for a while. Yeah. So it, but it, you know, that also goes back to, to me, um, a lot of, like, it's hard to turn down those high multiples if you don't have a plan as to how you're going to create that long-term value, right? You've built a lifestyle business. Now you can cash in, you know, or whatever as an owner. Yeah, um, on the value side. And to go do it without doing that would be way more difficult, which is why you're not seeing it being done. Yeah. Well, and it takes a lot of time. you got to plan for it. Yeah. You know. So I think there's kind of two sides to this conversation, which is why it's a, a great discussion, is there's the, there's the agency owner side that still – you know, may or may not be thinking about it from building a business. I think a lot of agency owners still handle, in a lot of cases, the biggest book in the company. Right. And so, you know, do they have the time to think about it from building a book or building a business perspective? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the answer to that is no. In a lot of cases, they're just like anybody else trying to manage their book. You know, to keep their income coming in. Oh. And. Then there's the flip side of that is let's just say I'm a, a producer in the four walls of an agency somewhere. You know, how do I get out of just thinking about my book of business and thinking about building my business? Yeah. And both of those are very applicable uh, in our industry, which is a very unique part of our industry too. You can 
treat yourself as a business owner even if you don't have any ownership because um, you can build essentially your own business. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I would encourage you to try to think about it like that. Yeah. You know, it, like break it down and whiteboard your book and ask yourself what you'd have to do. And a lot of times just walking through that process, it creates a lot of clarity. You're going to say, well, I could probably do without these 40 accounts, yep. you know, and if I did that, here's what that would allow me to go do and whatnot. There's a lot of clarity that just comes with breaking everything back down and building it back up. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're getting the signal from Big Al. We're out of time, but uh, I thought that was good. I mean, as you mentioned, there's a lot in there that we can continue to have discussions around and uh, almost a series within some of that client experience and all those things go deep fast. So it's fun. Yeah. Well, keep uh, keep on keeping on and, and uh, think about it from a value creation standpoint and uh, guarantee you like, it'll change your daily activity. Oh, yeah. Totally. All right. See you next time, everybody. Later. Thank you for tuning in to Getting Past the Premium. We are excited to continue breaking down barriers and finding solutions together. If you would like to reach out regarding anything you heard in today's episode, find links and contact info in the description. Until next time, have a great day and let's continue getting past the premium.